Welcome to the Which Was Better podcast, where we discuss and decide which was better, the book or the movie. I'm your host, Lisa, and I'm joined by my very good friend and reading buddy, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being here. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this today. Okay. So, um... Before we actually dig down deep, uh, The Dater's Handbook is the book we're covering today, which was a movie that came out in uh, 2016. It was January 30th, 2016, and it was a part of the Hallmark Channel's Countdown to Valentine's. Now, this stars Meghan Markle and Christopher Palaha, and of course, a lot of other names that we're familiar with. But let me ask you before we dig deeper... Did you watch this when it first came out? I didn't watch it when it first came out, but I did watch it probably in the last year. <clears throat> Excuse me. Probably watched it in the last year or so, um, just on like, I think, Hallmark Movies Now or whatnot. Okay. So you had seen it before you read the book? Yes. Okay. Because this is slightly different than uh, our previous episode where we wa- we read a book at that Hallmark option for a movie. In this case, it was a movie first and Hallmark in their publishing arm, which debuted, I think, at the end of 2017. I need to check on that. But I think it was 2017. And they started out really with novelizations, taking their movies and, you know, getting them written as books based on the movie. So we're kind of flipping the script here, pun very much (laughs) intended. And um, I I actually saw this movie, not when it first came out, but not long after. And I'm going to tell you, it's one of my most favorite non-Christmas movies from Hallmark Channel. I've loved it forever. Yes, agreed. When the book came out, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to read it. And of course, because you and I are both book people, our TBRs are like... Let's just not give it into numbers if we're going to be honest. That's right. It's more like number of piles and lists. Right. You know, (laughs) so, I mean, it's been on my TBR forever. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, this is perfect. We can discuss the two of them. And, you know, this is also the first movie that I saw um, Christopher Palaha in this universe. So one of my original top five Hallmark men. Yes. And, um you know. Yes, he's an auto watch for me as well. So the book itself was the novelization was released in May of 2018 and it was written by Kara Lockwood, who has also has written like 17 books of various heat levels. We'll just put it like that. That some of her books are not Hallmark friendly, but they're still they still sound really good. I'll be honest. <laughs> That's right. No judgment here. You know, Heck we love no. everything. There's some. There's some that involve planes and being high in the sky. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was just like, uh, let me go ahead and add to that mile high TBR that I. That's have. right. So- that's, a, that's a separate list and maybe a separate planner. <laughs> that's fine. That's well, no problem. See, you were already, you and I already on the same <laughs> wavelength here. Yeah, but I mean, book people, we all know that buying books and reading books are two very different activities. Yes. They don't actually go together at all because <laughs> we can always buy books. And we do. That's right. Sometimes we, we check out the book from the library and we read it and then we buy it because we love it that much. And then I'll get it on audiobook so I can listen to it sometimes because yes. I'm like, oh, I've already read it and I just want to hear it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, you know, I feel bad because re- audiobooks are just like reading. I do count those in my yes yearly count. Okay, I do too. I'm sorry. So, okay, let me do a quick summary. And they are slightly different. I mean, they say the same things. Obviously, they follow the same general storyline. But let me go ahead and say the original movie. Um, so the the summary for 
Dater's Handbook, the original movie was realizing she has a recurring habit of picking the wrong type of guy. Cassandra Barber, played by Meghan Markle, turns to relationship expert Dr. Susie and her latest self-help book, The Dater's Handbook, to help with her ailing love life. She follows the advice in Dr. Susie's book to evaluate potential suitors and then must ultimately choose between reliable George, played by Jonathan Scarf, Scarf, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say his last name, and fun-loving Robert, played by Christopher Palaha. It's hard to change old habits and place your faith in experts, especially when your heart tells you something different. Stink, dun, dun. <laughs> Side note, both the movie and the book description say her name is Cassandra Barber, but in the book and the movie itself, her name is Cassandra Brand. That's right, because I was thinking Brand is a perfect <laughs> bit, name for her business. Because <laughs> she puts logos and everything. And I thought it was a play of words. And when I saw Barbara, I thought, what? Maybe that's just her professional name in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's so random. Because I thought, well, maybe I thought, well, maybe the book changed it. So when I looked at the movie, I was like, no, it says Barbara. Okay, so why did they change it? And then when I watched the movie again, I was like, wait a minute. They say brand. What's happening? Why is this? Huh, they need to stick, I, I don't know, some sort of research assistant right what, what that continuity person yes, or I whatnot am volunteering hallmark get in touch right. okay that's right we're available <laughs> so on goodreads the book it says again cassandra barber has a history of picking bad boyfriends and she's ready to change all that she turns to dater's handbook the best-selling self-help book by relationship expert dr Susie, to improve her ailing love life Surely Dr. Susie's advice will help her choose between two new suitors, the laid-back, fun-loving Robert and the sophisticated, dependable George. The two men take her on very different kinds of dates, often with hilarious results. Cass juggles the opinions of her mother and sister, as well as Dr. Susie's rules and checklists. But is she forgetting how to listen to her own heart? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. The drama of all. <laughs> I will say that I do like the book description better than the... Yes. Than the movie description, but that's we're not preempting and saying what's better here. So um, that'll come later. So first off, because you had seen the movie and because it was a movie before it was a book, but you had already watched it. So did that change the way you read the book at all? Like, did you because a lot of times when we read these books and then they get made into movies, we already have a visualization in our head of everybody. And then when we see them on the screen, we're like, oh. That's exactly, or no, that's not how I thought at all. But in this case, yes, you already so, know what it's like. <laughs> well, right, and I, I do think that that played into it because as you're, as I was reading it, you know, I could, I could, you know, imagine things as you know, like I had seen them, but also filling in the gaps too about some things that weren't in the movie. And I don't know if we're ready to talk about that or not. But oh, we'll get to it. Yes. So I felt for me, I was imagining. Um, the the characters as portrayed on the film as I was reading it. So, um, but, but it was, you know, I felt like it was still a good experience that way. Okay. So even knowing the ending, because, you know, part of the fun of reading a book is like, you don't, you know, they're going to take you on this journey and of course it's romance. So, you know, it's going to be a happy ending, but still you don't know all the tricks and turns, but we knew because we've seen the movie. So did that did it, did you still find it exciting to read the book? I I did, and I think part of it a little bit was the setup with the the interplay of the uh, the different dates with the different men, and then the like the family and the rules. I mean, because that still yes. you know worked together. So I think that that made it 
still interesting, even if you know generally how things are going to happen. Yeah, because I found in the movie, you know, the the inner the only really inner monologue that we get is Dr. Susie because throughout the movie is like preceding each date we hear a little bit of Dr. Susie's audiobook playing for Cass and she kind of it kind of guides it kind of sets up the the date or the idea mm-hmm. of the date and how Cass should react to it or interpret things, but in the book, of course, we have her inner monologue. It's written from the first person and we hear everything that Cass is thinking so it is very very and we I mean yes Dr. Susie is a part of it because that's obviously the guidelines she's following but we don't get as much Dr. Susie as we do which I I like and then I don't know we'll get into that because there are parts where I'm like hmm this is interesting that we get this viewpoint so right that leads straight into my first big difference is the book had much deeper insight into Cass and her attitudes towards men and relationship in general. We learn way more about her dad because in the movie, um, it's just her, her mom and her sister, her, her dad has passed away. And we, we find out kind of in the middle of the movie, he's passed away. But in the book, we know right off the bat, her dad is gone and it has affected her in a lot of ways. And, um, especially in her relationships and how she views these in, in the movie, she kind of comes off as just kind of carefree and just confused about what she wants. And she's just young and trying to figure it out. But do do you feel the same way? Like, yes, we, I just feel like we, her dad played a much larger part in the book. I, I think so too. And I, I thought that was really interesting because you think about writing the book, after, you know, like if you were going to be making the novelization of the movie and you're writing the book, you're like, oh, look at all of this internal stuff that wasn't even on the screen, but to flesh out the book you right. need. Um, and, and I thought it was, you know, it was an interesting storyline too, because that was essentially, she was looking for the relationship that her parents had. And there's none of that in the movie. Not really. I mean, her mom at one point does say, you know, I dated, I married, was married to your dad yes. for 26 years, but we don't get the, I mean, they make it to where that's kind of all they talk about when their three of them are together is dad right. and how much they're missing dad and, you know, and his and, birthday and that the iPod was a gift to her. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that. I don't <laughs> even, even Dr. Susie, I'm like, there's so many things I want to say. Um, but yeah, I think that, that, and for me, it was really interesting hearing all of that, that internal motivation for her. And, yeah. um, you know, and we, you know, I, I would like to also talk about this when we get to the movie part too, because for the book, I think it was necessary to have that right there. It would be very, um, it would just have been too, like very much too lightweight without it. But um, yeah. Yeah. It would have read like a script. It would have just been like, okay, we just typed the script and here you go. You can read it, which, you know, it right. just, it, it gave her it gave all of her decisions a little bit more reasoning, like why she went back and forth. I mean, we don't get as much insight into Robert. We get a lot more insight into a lot of these other characters, like the side characters, which I'm going to talk to you about in just a second. But we, the only person I don't feel like we actually saw more of was Robert. We still only see him through Cass's eyes in both mm-hmm. the book and the movie. We don't really get a whole lot of extra, but with George – who my opinion was perfectly cast in that movie. <laughs> yes. He did a very good job at that role. <laughs> it was cracking me up because he's so stiff and so reserved and his reactions to stuff cracked me up. <laughs> yes. The the birthday party and like, 
I don't really think that's fair that his mask has fallen off and he's trying to hit the pinata. <laughs> when she, okay, in the movie when he comes over to fix her sink and then she's like, now if you can only do snow tires. And he's like, oh, Cassandra, you really need a professional to do that. <laughs> right. Right. And then, and then in the book, she does it the next day. Like, oh, I don't want to hear from George about this. <laughs> you made me laugh so much. But we do get to know him way more in the book and we get a couple of added interactions. That one that I just talked about where the, where in the movie he comes over, you, they kind of cut to a scene where he's underneath her sink and he's fixing it in the book. We get a whole scene before that, where he calls her because apparently we find out he calls her every day at the same time, dependable, reliable George mm-hmm. as Dr. Susie's promoting in her book. <laughs> and he calls her every day and he calls her and she says, hello. And he goes, Oh my gosh, what's wrong. And she's like, Oh, he picked up on that points for George. And she says, well, my sink is leaking. He's like, Oh, I'll be right over. And he comes over. So we get this extra little, moment where he is intuitive to her and her needs and he comes over and you know movie george has a lot left to be desired (laughs) movie george George fixed the fixes the sink wearing a shirt and tie but and he does in the book too which i thought was kind of sexy i was like oh he's coming over and he's getting all dirty and gross and he doesn't care because he Right. He was like, oh, she needs me. But then he ruins it with snow tire talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, it is interesting that you mentioned that, though, too, like the additional scenes, because there are times, I think, in the book for me that, you know, Cass is really um, stringing them along. Yes. And um, and I think that if you didn't have those extra moments with George, you'd be like, what are you doing? Yes, because they kind of rounded him out. You know, um, the author rounds him out more in the in the book. We you know, we see that moment where you're like, oh, maybe he is insightful in, you know, into her and and her needs. And and we get a little bit more on there. But we also do get on the flip side of that in the book, we get this weird interaction between George and Cass's nephew at the (laughs) birthday party where she introduces him and. The kid doesn't shake his hand. He's like, uh, when you meet somebody, oh. you're supposed to say nice to meet you and shake their hand. And I'm like, oh, Ugh. yes, I wrote sure. down. I wrote I, I definitely had notes about that part. <laughs> I'm oh, George. <laughs> Stop right there. Yeah. So that so it was kind of pluses and minuses, but we do see a little bit more fleshed out version of George. So did that change your opinion of him? Because movie George so, and I did watch the movie again after reading the book. And yes. um, I think I probably was looking for those scenes a little bit more again while watching the movie. Um, but I, I also, here's the other thing I thought, and I can't remember if I thought this with the book or the movie, just that um, Cass kind of set him up for failure in terms of, hey, come meet the family at a four-year-old's birthday party. Right. Because... And plus it's outside so the kids can go nowhere or that's snowing outside so the kids can go nowhere. And so uh, just so much to that. And then um, even she she should have known by then that he was not that was not going to be the occasion for him. Right. (laughs) And um, first side note that her sister's husband, Michael, was hilarious. Yes. The movie and the book. Yes. Put up with so much. And the fact that he went out into a blizzard to make hot dogs. He's like, more hot dogs, great. And I really love that he had the apron on over the winter coat. (laughs) And the cross on his eyebrows and stuff. Oh, more dino dogs, great. Yeah, Uh, but at one point she says, 
oh, we have a bounce house outside. I'm like, in a blizzard? <laughs> you put a bounce house out in a blizzard? Okay, sure. I uh, could. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I guess living in New England, maybe I understand. But when there's a blizzard, we just stay inside. We're like, uh, nah. Yes. Good. Real quick to finish up the side characters. What did you think about the Nadia from movie Nadia and book Nadia? Because I felt they were slightly different and I'm interested to see if you thought so too. Well, I, I feel like, um, I, I feel like Nadia in the, in the movie was a little bit more, um, approachable. Um, I, mm-hmm. you know, I think they had, I, I loved the relationships that the three of them had, the mother and the daughter and the, and the sister. And, um, but I felt like Nadia came across a little bit more, uh, harsh, I think in the book than in the movie. Um, but I will say that I appreciated Nadia so much when she's like, never again, am I volunteering to be room mom? Because (laughs) I felt seen (laughs) (laughs) only once kindergarten and I'm out. No, never again. Oh my gosh. That scene when she's sewing that strawberry costume on Michael, I died laughing in in the book. It's funny, but seeing it on screen, I died laughing when he's staying there. And the mom, um, you know, you could have gotten it next day from Amazon Prime. Wait, this is a great place for you to have like a product endorsement or something know, right? that you're sponsored, sponsored by. Um, All right. Thanks, Amazon. That's Keep right. Me up. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that and and I actually did like, you know, again, thinking about how the author would have created the novel from the movie that those lines were like so great in both like right. the Amazon Prime and the um, there was another line when. Cass said, um, because you know, who's the best boss, this guy or whatever that, that in the, in the book, that line was something that her dad would always say. And we only knew that because it was something she was thinking on the inside, but that the author made that so much stronger in the book than what we see on the movie. It was funny in the movie, but it meant more in the book. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I agree with you on the Nadia thing. I thought she was way more snobby. If yes, that, yes. If I could say she felt more pushy, like they made her so much more type A, but in a bad way, because I'm type A and I love it. But they made her like, we can't ever argue with her because Nadia is Nadia and we just know to back off. And I'm like, dang, she's got y'all like in line. <laughs> um, but the last side character who I just wanted to touch on very briefly was the mom who, between you and me, was perfect in both movie mm-hmm. and book. I love Gloria was the best. She um, was absolutely. I loved her. And I think that she was really a good counterpoint to those conversations with Nadia because she's like, wait, but that was a thoughtful gift or those kind of things. So I think that they're, you know, she, they were really lovely. Although the, both of them wanting to call her first thing on the, her birthday and that she tells them both that they were first and like, they're going to figure that out. I know. <laughs> Which was kind of silly, but it was cute. And the dog treadmill, I, when I read that in the book, I was like, was that in the movie? I don't remember that in the movie. What is happening? And then I saw, a, like, you know, I watched the afterwards. I'm like, there really was a dog treadmill. I love, I actually wrote down that best supporting character was Duke. Um, he was amazing. Yes, he was amazing. Um, and, you know, we, we did, we had a lab, a yellow lab until last year. So I'm little, but, um, he was, I love Duke in the movie. And then that Duke and George didn't get along. Yes. Of course we see more than that. And we see more of it, a little bit more of it in the book, because we do see the first time in the book, we read about the first time that George meets Duke and he's very put off by him. And I'm like, that's your first flag sister. Like, why are you pursuing it? Right. There should be no date two. 
No, <laughs> that's your first signal right there. He don't like dogs and you have a dog. Well, right. I mean, what do you, what do you, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's really no direction this goes. No. Yeah. Done. So when the, when they're about to get close and kiss and the dog starts crawling, I'm like, that's the only permissible way that I approve of this almost kiss. But speaking of kissing, this is my next huge, huge difference for me that stood out the most between the book and the movie. And that is we get so much kissing talk in the book, which yes. is not typical in either of the books, the Hallmark books or the movies. Correct. We get like, Oh, I think I like him. Oh, I think I'm interested in him or, Oh, I think I might be whatever. But this book lets us hear all of Cass's inner like desires and wants. And she's looking at lips and she's like wondering what they feel. I'm like, hello. (laughs) Which yes. I approve. I was way I liked it. I really liked that they let that go that far in the in the book. What about you? I did too. And because I think there's a lot that we see visually about like how people are connecting in their chemistry and that kind of thing that that has to be portrayed somehow in the book too. And so that, you know, there's a lot there as well. But um yeah, it was Definitely. But it was definitely very uh, enjoyable. And the one thing I, and I can't remember if I've already mentioned this, but uh, the fact that she said when they were, she was thinking about like going back and forth between them and stringing them along. And she even says, but you know, am I really stringing them along? Cause I've not even kissed either of them yet. And I right. was like, Oh, well, okay. Then I feel maybe this is in the book. I feel a little bit better about the fact that she still hasn't made a decision there, but yes. Because that's part of her comparison because she's like, when I look at Robert and she'll go into detail, like, she, you know, I'm, I I actually copied a couple of passages and I'm not going to read the whole thing. Oh, but rats, like, we could have done like a whole role play thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Duke. <laughs> but in one section, she says, this is after their first date when she's first date with Robert. Cass's first date with Robert. They end up right on the porch of her front step and she's the whole time she's like oh my god is he gonna kiss me like are we gonna kiss like what is happening and again we don't normally get this kind of chatter we're just like oh we're gonna say goodnight and that's it but she says um i couldn't help but notice his lips full and perfect seeming to be asking to be kissed i wondered what kind of kisser he'd be and i did i wanted to badly know what his lips felt like i was like i mean hello just kiss him already i know (laughs) you know whenever um whenever it comes up where she's trying to decide about the guys she actually talks about she's like well when i look at robert i actually do want to kiss him and it's a problem because i know if i kiss him i probably won't ever stop but then when i look at george nah not really correct (laughs) like (laughs) so we get all this kissing talk and i'm kind of here for it i'm like bring this back into other books that's right and Um, i did i did also appreciate that in the um like the they're earlier on in the movie too, because like as you said, it is unusual in the Hallmark movie, you know, like for the most part, um, and so that was nice too. Yes, and um, there is a part where she actually does kiss George. Okay, you know what? Before we get into that, because I want to get into where she picks, but before that, we have to talk about the big misunderstanding. So in the the big misunderstanding of the movie, as far as I was concerned, was the 
Robert and Cass go on a date where she ends up in the emergency room because she eats some chicken wings with honey on them. Question one. Why what? did she eat the wings? But I know we. I digress. Yes. First so. of all, I don't care how much I like somebody. Stop eating my food. It's then not ordered too. Yeah. <laughs> like pay for like just. Mm. Yeah. So I thought that was very nice of Robert to always let her eat her food, but I was like, this would be a deal breaker for me, and I would have been like George at that dinner where he. Like, <laughs> I actually brought enough for everybody. I'm like, that's where I'm Team George because that's <laughs> you my food. That's right. Yeah, especially in today's day and age. <laughs> We're not right. going to say like the C word, but like, like no, just keep your fork. And, and I also thought it was a little harsh when she, with the fork prongs into his hand. I was like, right. oh, I don't know okay. that I would have danced with him after, or I would dance uh, with her no. after that. No. But, okay. So the big misunderstanding in the movie, after Robert stays over at her house, after she has her big allergic reaction, which in the book, he, like, we get to, the, he's, she's in the hospital. Like, we get mm-hmm. a little bit more tell him that and then in the movie he stays over and he wakes up and he realizes i gotta go let my dog out so he leaves her and we see him leave the note and put it on the most random place (laughs) in the entire world which is a skinny little lamp post everybody knows a post-it note it doesn't have that much stick i mean (laughs) and we see it fall and kind of get lost underneath and so we know ahead of time this ain't good but in the book she wakes up and he's gone and we don't know why. Right. So do you think it works better knowing like we do in the movie or finding out that's the same time as Cass does in the book? Because in the book, we find out when they confront each other and they start talking about the date and Robert's like, well, I left you a note. And she's like, what? And that's when we find out in the book, kind of like, you know. In Pride and Prejudice, where we don't know Mr. Darcy went to go help Lydia. We right. don't know that he went and bailed her out and arranged everything until Lydia's back at home. And then she's like, Mr. Darcy, he was at your wedding? And she's like, yes. So do you think it works better knowing or not knowing? I think that it that is a really good question. Um, and I'm thinking that we did know in the book that he had to get back for Daisy his dog. Um, but, and so I'm thinking that it doesn't make, it doesn't make Robert look as good that we didn't know that there was a note, um, because of the two days that elapsed without him calling her. Right. Which we don't know about in the movie because they just cut from scene to scene. But in the book, we, we know that it's been two full days without any contact except for like a text message. Right. So I do think that that, but does it work better or worse? Man, this is where, since I watched the movie first, I already knew. um, See, I think it probably does work better in the book because it's giving more weight to her decision. Right. I think it adds a layer of tension where you're truly wondering which one is better for her because, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, okay, well, this guy just left me. Right. But this other guy is always here and he's more dependable. So I think in this, you know, I think in this case, it does work better in the book just to add a little bit more mystery to what Robert's true motivations are and his character and stuff. I was, uh, I would agree, you know, and I, and I do really appreciate that question and thinking about it. Um, and one thing that I noticed is that after, so then she calls him, Cass calls Robert and says, I don't think we should see each other anymore. Da da da. And then later she's, she's mad because he didn't fight harder for her. And I thought Which that was bananas. Thank you. That was my thought as well. <laughs> I wrote 
out in big letters, you broke up with him. So, of course, he's not going to call you. Right. If he did, that would be harassment. Exactly. <laughs> and you're like, why doesn't this guy stop calling me? I broke up with him. That's right. Ugh, poor Robert. So, yeah, that, but that was part B was the big choice because in the movie, we get this whole setup of Cassandra confronting with her mom and her sister there that she has to choose. And so we see a one-sided phone call where Cass calls somebody and says, I don't think we should see each other anymore. And she's like, yeah, I'm sure. And then she hangs up, but we don't know who she's talking to. And we don't find out until the birthday party at uh, the big reveal house where yeah. we find the big reveal where everybody <laughs> gets in camera frame. And like, who is it? Is it Robert? Or just, oh, it's George. It's George. <laughs> it's George. Oh, George. <laughs> <laughs> so, but in the book we actually are on the conversation with robert we hear his side of the conversation and we know ahead of time that she's bringing um george to the party because we see or we read the breakup so again do you think that worked better knowing or not knowing like did you did you like knowing that she broke up with robert <laughs> You know, it did, and that actually did reduce the tension then of the the reveal at the party. But I think I did. I mean, I did like, I I liked hearing both sides of the conversation, and that. So I think for me, I I did like that part better. It is curious in terms of, um, I think if she if we hadn't heard both parts of the conversation, it would have been too cold. I think in terms of how of of what we thought about Cass in the book. I don't know. I you know I kind of went back and forth on this one because. I was like, well, part of the tension of the movie was you're wondering who she's going to pick just because we're not privy to all this inner monologue. And so you, as the audience, are like, oh, my gosh, who's going to be at the door? It can't be. You're like, it can't be George, but it can't be right. And so you're like, oh, okay." And so that joke hits better when they're like, oh, it's George. (laughs) And then Michael's like, you won. You're excuse me. You're the the, you beat all the suitors. But there are no suitors. There's no I think that that scene worked better in the movie just because when they both realize what's happening, they both look up. Yes. And they run over and they're like, no, stop it. Yeah. And somewhere in that scene, too, there was like like one of the one of the cast and her sister, like she reaches out and like grabs her arm or hand or something that looked very natural and unscripted and um, very sisterly like. And I really I really like loved that about that whole scene, too. Yeah, I thought that played much better. I mean, they were they were both funny scenes, but yes, I did think it played better in that movie. So now the next thing, I mean, that kind of brings us to like the end, because after that, you know, um, after the party, there's there's a couple of, you know, more scenes. I think they go out on a George and Cassandra go on a one more date at the putt putt place. And that's when they realize they're wrong for each other and they break up and then, you know. Spoiler alert, she ends up finding Robert and <laughs> yay, they fall happily ever after. But then that's the end of the movie. She goes and finds Robert. She confesses that she was wrong. He's like, what do you want from me, Cass? And she's like, I just want a second chance. And he's like, of course. And they kiss and that's the end. But in the book, we get an epilogue. 
Yes. And we get a whole nother section. So tell me your thoughts about the epilogue. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. And actually, I reread it just before we were talking again, because I wanted to check something about the the Lantern Festival. Um, But I I did enjoy it because I I like that, like glimpse into the future and like a little bit of what they were, what was going to happen next. And of course, like knowing that there's cake involved because that was the big takeaway for me (laughs) i was like oh i should have made i should have made some cake or something for today uh i know i was like the biggest lesson for me now from this book after the epilogue was um always marry a man who will let you have all the wedding cake right right that's the big theme for me now it's just okay so but yeah i thought the epilogue was fun after reading the epilogue and then watching the movie it it kind of the ending was kind of abrupt because I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we don't get the rest of that. Right. We just see the, the lantern and it's out, which is very typical to the um, the Hallmark movie. But yeah, it was nice having a little bit more and how it really did fit, fit with all the characters with Nadia and her wedding binder and oh, yeah. uh, Michael chasing after the kids and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Which was funny because. There's a whole scene where she's like, I can't let them, you know, run around. And then Michael comes in as I'll take them and let them run around. Yes. <laughs> she's like, yeah. Yes, I resembled a lot of that. Oh, and what made me laugh in the epilogue was at one point Cass says something to the effect of it'll always be like this for us. I just yeah. know it. And I'm like, oh, sweet, sweet summer child. You think <laughs> that it's all going to be just like this once you get married. Okay. Well, that's. Yeah. Yay for you. <laughs> Which I, was, I actually laughed out loud because I'm like, girl, you just wait. That's right. It's <laughs> all fun and games until yeah. your room mom, even though you didn't want to be. <laughs> yes. All fun and games until you have twins and you have to double feed at three in the morning Ugh. and you're like, what's happening? <laughs> it, am, I, am I actually alive? <laughs> Will I ever sleep? No. Okay. Never. <laughs> um, okay. Now that we've kind of gone through, I wanted to ask you, what were the things that you missed, either from the book or the movie, that you wish had been in either one? It can be from either side. What were some of the or things that you wrote down that we didn't cover that you were like, oh, this stuck out to me? So the two things that I would say that stand out for me in terms of what I missed is that I think um, Meghan Markle is Cassandra. I think she was so charming in the movie. Yes. You know, I think yeah. that was one thing that that it was probably almost impossible to carry over into the book because she's so charming that she doesn't come off as like superficial um, as she might have, you know, because there is a lot in the book about like what everybody looks like and Peter, the guy that she was dating for so long that didn't know she was allergic to honey, um, you know, and, and that she never introduced her mom to him for two years, but you know, like all the, but he's so cute and he like his bar. And it's like in the book, I feel like she wasn't as charming um, and, you know, kind of appealing as she was in the movie, just because I think her character was so, so charming and just really, especially her and uh, Robert together were so, you know, they, they just were very enjoyable. Yeah, they had such good chemistry. And I agree because I really there was a, I actually made a note where I, I asked, is book cast more whiny than mm. cast? Because she came off as slightly more like whiny. 
than movie cast because you're right. Meghan Markle carried that character beautifully and her and Christopher Balaha, their chemistry was just to die for. And I think that's just basically what makes the, you know, movie work as well as it mm-hmm. does. But um, that and Robert Sweaters, I just have to put that out there because that was the other thing missing in the book. Listen, <laughs> I actually made that note and I knew we were going to talk about it. So I was like I held on to it. So this, like I said, was the first Christopher Palaha movie that I had seen where I was like, oh, and it was that maroon cow neck that mm-hmm. did it. You know what I'm talking about. I do. I can picture it right now. And I was like, listen, I've been sweater stocking since 2016. Y'all, that's how long. You're like the original sweater stalker. Well, stop. No, I don't know if I am not. But I'm just saying like this. Yeah, that was the first thing I I was like, oh, because when I first saw the movie, I was like, okay, he's super charming in the chemistry. But then when he shows up with that cow neck and I'm like, well, this is a done deal that there's there's no choice. He's That's right. Top five. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. I'm glad you said that because I was <laughs> like, we will get to this. And I actually made it a big in bold note, the sweater. Okay. But you know me, you already knew we were going to talk about That's, Well, I, I was all, I was there for the sweater. There's also a Navy blue one that I enjoyed. And Ooh. frankly, Robert could take me to a diner any day. I'd be fine I with mean, that. Everything that he did sounds super fun. I would agree. Yes. And I, I, it was very cute. I mean, one of the first dates, one of my first dates when I was, well, I should, maybe this makes it sound even worse because I'm like, it was in high school, but going to putt-putt for dates is fun. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of pressure. I mean, it's just kind of you do your thing. And if you're not good, that's all right. I mean. Well, cause it's putt-putt. Right. But can I just say real quick, because the scene where and then I'm going to tell you my things that I missed. Okay. But the scene where <laughs> they're Robert, I'm not Robert, George and Cass's first date at the French restaurant. Oh, I died laughing because, okay, when I was in college, I was dating this guy and he took me to a very, very nice French restaurant in the city we were living in. And he told me ahead of time, he's like, get dressed up. We're going somewhere nice. And I was like, oh, because when I, you're in college, I was like, oh, we're going to like Red Lobster. Or something. <laughs> so I was thinking, teach you on Friday. So on Friday night. Like, okay. Nice. <laughs> and so we show up to this place that had like, it was a legit like 10 top, like 10 tables, oh. candlelit French restaurant. I'd never been in a place like this ever. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm so nervous. And I did not realize at the time, I'd never been to a fine, a true fine dining place, but they show you their food. They, that's <laughs> with some dishes, they show it to you before they cook it. Right. I, and, and it might be alive when it's showing, being shown I, to you. Yes. I had no idea. So they came, <laughs> I ordered this like fish. Cause I'm like, fine, something light, you know, fish. Right. And they brought it out in the like on this little plate, and I was like, and they're looking at me, and I'm looking at them. I'm like, "Um, I wanted it cooked, and they were like, (laughs) look on their faces, like, yeah, we know. We're asking if you approve cut of the fish. I'm like, oh, yep, it looks. (laughs) Oh man. So embarrassed. So when I watched that scene, I'm like, well, at least she didn't like. No, I wanted my food cooked. <laughs> like, oh. uh, yes, but I, I could totally imagine that happening because, yeah, I'm just like, oh, is this it? 
Wait, but yeah, what do they you need from here? Like, seriously, like raw. Like, and I'm thinking, I don't want to eat this, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to see it either. But I, I understand. Showing and then bring out food for him to look at. I'm like, why are they, why are they doing this to me? I was mortified. Next time, it's it, always go with the vegetarian. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyways, okay. So I will say the things that I miss from the book, because I have two, I have one from each. So from the book was in the movie when Cass goes to get her tires changed and she runs into Robert and he's hanging up the poster. And right before they run into each other, the repairman comes out and says, hey, Robert, I'll have your car out in just a minute. And he's like, okay, great, thanks. And thanks for letting me hang my poster. And then, you know, we see Cass inside finalizing her stuff. And they're like, it's going to be a couple hours. So she walks outside and she runs into him and it's all this awkwardness. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, hey, why don't we go up the street to the bowling alley and wait together? And she's like, nah. And he talks her into it right as the guy comes out to say, hey, your car's ready. Right. And he does kill it with his glass. And the guy just turns around and he goes, it'll be more longer. And he just turns around and walks. That was it's really my, good. It was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And it wasn't in the book, which I know like it doesn't have to be. It doesn't really lend anything, but I don't know. I missed it. I was looking forward to it. I was like, oh, this is the scene where he's going to tell the repair guy to <laughs> yeah i agree because I, I could i remember that scene well and it, it was very funny and also that you like that he's giving you know like he's trying you know like he wants yeah. to but um but yeah and it would it probably would have been hard for her to the author to write that in with the perspective right. and everything but yeah that was but you know i, I it was just a, a lovely um you know george essentially gets her to take her car in and then she sees robert and they end up at a bowling i mean i love the just the what's the word i'm looking for serendipity of it yes yeah he's like bringing them together without knowing it it was perfect yeah okay and so then from the movie we talked about it earlier but it, it was one of the biggest differences to me was we don't get uh the iPod explanation in the movie. They go to Robert and Cass go to work out together as a date in the book. We find out that it's, they're supposed to have an outdoor date, but that rains. And so they end up at the gym and in the, you know, in the movie, it's pretty much the same setup, but they're on the treadmills and they're running. And they, um, at this point in the movie, we don't know anything really about Cass's dad, other than that he's not in the picture. Right. And uh, they're running on the treadmills and Robert falls and takes the iPod with them because they're listening to it together and it busts. And in the movie, you know, she's like, oh, this mm -hmm. sucks. And he's like, oh, my God, you must have loved it. You've had it for two decades. <laughs> <I know>. so <laughs> that was so funny. Uh. And they just and she's like, oh, and they kind of get up and they move on. But in the book, oh, my gosh, we like get yeah. this whole backstory where her dad gave it to her it's one of the last things she has of him and robert broke it on her dad's birthday yep. and like oh my gosh yeah like that was sad dad stuff that was intense and I wonder too if if that would have been hard for kind of because it was so funny. I mean, it was funny in the in the yeah. um, the movie, and that it that probably would have been hard for him to kind of. They couldn't really joke about it if he knew the story about that. Yeah, I thought it was it was odd because when that scene came up in the book, 
I did not expect it to have that much weight. Mm-hmm. And so as it started unfolding, I'm like, oh, my God, that's her dad. Oh, so because we knew that she mentions her iPod earlier in the book and mm-hmm. we know that it's from her dad. But then when it breaks, you're like, oh, my God. And then she's like, and it broke on dad's dad's birthday today of all days. Oh. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> terrible <laughs> how can you still run uh, and then they kind of because in the movie she doesn't talk about her dad until after the gym and they go out to the car and they have this little car picnic mm-hmm. and then she's like well my dad died and you know we were close and you know and the, but yeah that was a huge to me difference because her dad was a lot more motivation in the book so i thought that was a huge difference of course you know, you can't go back. So right. I think go back to the movie and add sad well, dad stuff. I mean, they could. Man, I mean, essentially, they could in the like the DVD cut. It's true. <laughs> it's a remake, a Dater's Handbook remake. That's right. And we could, you know, and actually, we don't even need the actors. We could just do the voices. It would be fine. See, yeah, done. But we're it, yes, Hallmark, call us. <laughs> we're available. You don't go anywhere. Um, the uh, the one thing with that scene too in the book, they talk about how um, Robert had intended it to be an outdoor run, but then because it was because yes. I feel like that didn't come across in the movie. It was more like, hey, I had a free ticket. Yeah, <clears throat> but I loved date choice. <laughs> right, but they actually we're going to run outside. But I love too that she's like, oh, but I brought my splitter, so you can listen too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh, I loved it because you know that was part of the part of the charm was, you know, the first time we ever see Cass in the movie is she's running and she's outdoor running and she's running with her dog, looking at the mountains, all like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. And of course, the same thing in the book. That's how we meet her too. But then you know she meets Robert at the wedding, but then they run into each other, both out again exercising outdoors with their dogs, and so it makes sense for them to have a running date and. You know, yeah, but it, yeah, you're right. It, they don't explain it that it's not explained as well in the movie of why they're in a in a gym, a random gym. <laughs> I do right. like that he's wearing one of the T-shirts from one of his Parks and Rec. Yes, I saw it too. I just you know I liked a free T-shirt, and then came my career. Okay, <laughs> okay. So here comes the last question, which is the hardest, and it's the biggest question. Which was better? Oh, it is a good question, especially thinking about what we've talked about today because of like all the backstory. I would say that I enjoyed the movie better, but only because of the charisma, the charm of Meghan Markle as Cassandra, and of course, Robert and his sweaters. <gasps> ding, ding, ding. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say that I with you because while I appreciated all the insight and kissing talk in the book, <laughs> all the near close moments in the book, I thought that that part of it, that the chemistry that was brought out into the book and highlighted in the book, I thought that was conveyed really well on screen because of the two leads. And I thought that um, George was perfectly cast, like I said, and I just, yeah, I liked um, well, I liked some things better in the book. I liked, um, I liked the choices. Like, I liked the way it unfolded in the movie better, but the book is still good. I'm not saying that the book isn't good because I enjoyed both 
But yeah, I think if I had to pick one, I'd pick the movie. I I would agree. Excuse me. I would agree, too, that uh, the book was a pleasant surprise that it really did have that really added was really additive to the movie. It wasn't just the script reading, because I think we both kind of experienced those kind of novelizations before. So I really appreciated the effort to add more of the backstory and flesh out things um, that it did make it an enjoyable read. I agree. Um, my my husband is a huge novelization collector, so we have like an entire uh, we have a couple of bookshelf like bookcases full of them. Um, he just he loves them, and I've I've honestly never been a fan. This is probably one of like three, maybe that I've read, and I agree with you. I think it was a pleasant surprise. I I enjoyed hearing all the inner monologue talk. So yeah, I, I would recommend people read it. I did actually, when I rated it, I gave it four stars because I did enjoy it. So, yes. So I was, I was, I appreciated the opportunity to read it and watch it along with you for this podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So where can people find you online? If you are so inclined for those two Yes. Um, you can find me online on Instagram at Ryan Reads, R-Y-A-N-N-R-E-A-D-S. Um, make sure I know how to spell because Ryan, <laughs> Ryan reads, but Ryan doesn't spell apparently. Um, or you can find me on Twitter at uh, Ryan Uden, R-Y-U-D-E-N. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun breaking this down and um, I hope to do it again in the future. There's a whole slate of these that I have on my roster. I think at the last time I counted, there was like 118 books that have been made into Hallmark movies or movies that have been made like the whole total is like 118 so wow. i would love to have you back well thank you again for having me <laughs> well thank you for having me i'd be happy to come back anytime it's been a lot of fun all right and thank you guys so much for listening and you can always find me online at lisa fay co that's lisa fay co on twitter and instagram and you can follow the pod on which was better on both instagram and twitter so until next week thank you guys okay bye